Second, I hear like black musician and plays tuba, especially like, tuba yeah, is always like, <laughs> we're How, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, amazing. Dude. Wow. Um, you know what, man? Before I fucking go off and whatever, rant, you you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Oh my goodness, there's nothing to say. My name <laughs> that my parents gave me is Corbin. Uh, the last name that somebody else gave them is Jones, and uh, uh, I grew up in Denver. This is this is a a long ish story. I always say that I grew up in Denver. I was born in Northern California. I moved to Colorado when I was five, and uh, moved to LA for music school when I was eighteen. So I only spent thirteen years in Colorado, and I have spent ten coming up on eleven in LA. So. I used to have like a little bit of like identity crisis, like literally in high school in Colorado, I would say that I'm from LA because yeah. my parents are from LA and uh, and then I moved out here and I'm like, oh, I'm really not from LA. <laughs> and I, and so anyway, I just say that I'm West Coast yeah. or I've, uh, I've typed whatever into bios and stuff like California born, Colorado raised. Yeah. But basically <laughs> I don't know where I'm from and uh, I play a lot of like low voice instruments. I started, well, I didn't start it, but I first fell in love with music on the upright bass, and then I found the electric bass, um, I think listening to smooth jazz, and then I found the baritone saxophone listening to James Brown and Tower Power, and then I found the sousaphone listening to Dirty Dozen Brass Band, yeah. Yeah. and uh, here I am, it's a big mess. Yeah, yeah. dude. You know what's random? Um, I, uh... For, uh, you you were just making me think. I was like thinking about different instruments, uh -huh. and artists I associate with them, and I was listening to uh, Ella Fitzgerald. She has like the Diamond album, like fifty of her songs. Oh, Sam. Okay. And I realized that I don't I don't think she's known for this, but whoever is playing trumpet on all of her stuff, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just one guy. But her, she has my favorite trumpet solos ever. Wow! And I, like, I don't think she's known for that at all. Sure. But like, sure. like, like, I don't know what it is. Maybe the songs that she chooses are lends themselves to good solos. But yeah. like, I'd be like, damn! Like, Ooh. I like, I was listening to like proper trumpet jazz yeah, yeah. albums and shit. And I'm just like, man, like. Why do I why do I like this so much? This is crazy. Yeah. Anyway, no, just... man, I, I please stop me because here we go. But there's an Ella Fitzgerald <laughs> Christmas album called Ella Fitzgerald Wishes You a Swinging Christmas. Yeah. And that specifically mm -hmm. has one of my favorite trombone and berry sax like uh like orchestration situations mm. on like like out of most music, like specifically that Ella recording, and I think a lot of her recordings do either have like really great arrangers, orchestrators that that like call the right cats, yeah. or like just the best people want to work mm -hmm. with her because she's Ella. Yeah. But it is interesting that you point that out because like some of my favorite. Like I have specific music sounds mm -hmm. that are my favorite that I attribute to yeah. Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty Man, interesting. I'm, I'm glad that it's uh, it's 
we're, we're not too far from Christmas because like it's so fresh in my mind because uh, one of my favorite Christmas songs, um, uh, Sleigh Ride by Ella has one of the best trombone solos. Um, it's like a... Oh, man. Oh, my gosh, bro. Are you kidding me? It's so... Wow. It's so good. And, like, like, I think that it's an example of, like, I don't know... Some of my favorite solos ever just happen to be on Ella songs, uh, and I don't know why. I guess maybe she yeah. just worked with the best guys. That's a that's man. That is a interesting question. Yeah, and I feel like we could. Uh, there's got to be like some old guy in New York who knows the answer. Yeah. This is like, oh yeah. yeah, this guy always worked with yeah. Ella or whatever. Yeah, yeah. At least on that album, it's hard to find credits for the musicians. But I haven't looked that much in in general. Yeah, yeah. No, and she has a um on a couple of her tracks like a like, I imagine probably go to. There's probably not too many amazing jazz violin soloists. Mm. But like, man, there's some incredible violin solos on her stuff. Um, but I'm just like, oh, okay, like, it's one of those things. You know, it's kind of like tuba where like you hear um, an instrument function a certain uh-huh. way, and like. If you thought that like something was like, uh, for lack of a better word, like a joke, not like literally disrespecting it, but yeah. you just like didn't take it seriously, yeah, yeah. And then you hear someone who really does it, like yeah. when you hear like a really good tuba player for the first time, exactly. It, it's very similar exactly. to like a really good jazz violinist, where Absolutely. you're just like, oh, that is a legit like fucking that <laughs> that moved me, and before it yeah. did not move yeah. me or whatever. Yeah, dude, yeah. I'm totally with you. Yeah, man, I'm totally with you. The trombone, the tuba. Um, I don't know, like maybe even the upright bass, like there's a lot of instruments where it's just like, people don't really know. Yeah. Like my friends used to joke, I, I, in college, I basically had music friends and really not music friends yeah. and my really <laughs> not music friends, which my wife was a part of that group. They used to be like, oh yeah, a boom, boom, yeah. boom. And like, that's what I went to school for. A boom, <laughs> boom, boom. And it's like, I totally get it though, because it's like, yeah. I don't know. It like looks like an elephant. It sounds like an yeah. elephant. Like I get it. There's a piece for it written called yeah. the elephant. It's like I. It, but then you're right. You get to a moment where you're like, I've never heard this yeah. instrument sound like that before. Yeah. yeah, man. I love like the the slight chuckle that people try to hold back when I like introduce myself as a professional tuba player. <laughs> I'm crying. And I just I just think there's too much to process. Yeah. Like in like when yeah. you say that because like you know we're we're all very visual people mm-hmm. and I think like like um when you say that probably what like like people's brains don't know what to like visualize yeah. and it's just like wait <laughs> what like how <laughs> in this economy excuse wow, me right. but it's it's uh it's fun man it always wow. throws people for a curveball especially as like a young black dude of you don't course. know what people expect you yeah, to yeah. be or like what not oh be, yeah no uh, you yeah. play music you're a drummer yeah you're a gospel drummer or something like that you know what i mean like they just they it's hard for yeah. people to yeah, that's so interesting. And I and I don't even own a, a tuba, like a, a upright concert tuba. I mm. only play sousaphone yeah. and people really don't know what yeah. that is. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's like a it's like a tuba. Yeah. And they're like, Why did you call it something else? I'm yeah. like, I'm so sorry. They're like, Dude. let's take a 
couple steps it's, forward actually man it's a, it's a it's a it's a fun life though in the sense that I, I was actually just saying this to um someone on the podcast they made me realize how like like partly why this podcast has been so great and uh, i've like met so many awesome people when i like go out to la stuff like music scene stuff and like like industry stuff and you know you got 10 rappers here, 10 people that want to be uh, this and pop stars here. And then you're the tuba player. Yeah. You're, you are so disarming in the sense that yes. like no one feels like you're there to like become to the next their, trainer yeah. or some mm-hmm. shit. Like it's mm-hmm. like, I, I play the fucking tuba. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so like you're, you're the guy that like people feel like they can, they don't have to like be all fucking like they don't have to posture yeah. or like impress in some type of way, which is cool. And like, so it gives you this opportunity to just really meet people and like have them like open up and just be themselves. Yeah. You're just, you're just the friendly tuba player. Man, I have, I have said this out <laughs> loud to people before and like I am just like thrilled to share that sentiment with someone yeah. where I, the way that I've put it is like this instrument is like innately whimsical yeah. and it's so disarming. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that's really great, especially yeah. in a town like LA yeah. where where there is a lot of arming going yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, man, that's so interesting that you point that out, too. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. I love people's reactions. And I, I never take them as, um, like, uh, disrespect or anything sure. or whatever. Because I, I really do think that, like, it, the, most of the, like, 99% of the reactions um, are, like, I cannot believe those words just came out of your mouth. Like you're yeah. a professional tuba player. Like it's like, oh, like and I've had people walk away and then like meet me a second time and be like, oh dude, like I thought you were just like joking. Like I thought you just like wow. didn't want to like, let me know like what you actually did. And I was like, no, I'm not wow. fucking James Bond. Like yeah, yeah, why would I, that's yeah, not funny. Wow. It's not even, but it's like anyway, dude, it, it's uh it's Whoa. a it's an interesting life, man. And and dude, I wanna I wanna know how like because I, I checked out your stuff your page and everything and it looks like you've organized i i, I always anyone in the music community mm. that brings people together mm. for anything i like have the utmost respect for oh man thank you because like and i don't know if you think about this but you're gonna be like directly and indirectly responsible for creating opportunities for other people that like god knows how it's gonna like branch off and Mm -hmm. like anyway so i mean uh talk about like some of the stuff you've like created since you've been here sure yeah and i mean for the most part i am a like hired gun right and probably similar to you where it's like someone calls me for something that already exists, that's already gotten booked, all the details have already already been ironed out, and all I have to do is show up and play some low notes. Like so, for most of my career, um, and not that that's not creative. Like um, you know, if you consider James Jamerson or or you know session musicians who have totally changed the sound of an entire genre of music and therefore like an entire generation mm-hmm. of Americans like that's that's absolutely creative yeah but it's it is a different thing to uh to put all the pieces together yourself and slap your name on it yep. um so really the main experience I have 
with that is the Corbin Jones big band. Mm. Kind of obvious. It's Corbin <laughs> Jones. And then I have a, a big band, which is um, like a group of, I have 20 musicians, I think including myself, 21. Um, and that was birthed out of, um, I did a big pop gig after jazz school. So I went to school for jazz and I was like, I'm going to move to New York and be a famous jazz musician. And then I ended up on a basically year long tour doing like hip hop, R&B kind of music, playing the sousaphone. And I was just like, whatever, identity crisis. And so eventually like if the tour, like really it, it kind of started, the commitment started in December of 2017. By August of 2018, I was like, oh, I should still like practice jazz or like do something <laughs> fulfilling to me. And so I was writing big band charts, which was something that I did a little bit in college and got like some positive feedback on. And then I was hanging out with all these incredible musicians who have backgrounds in jazz. And we were all on this pop gig. And then I was thinking about huh, all the big bands I see in L.A., um, don't look like us. Mm -hmm. They're mostly filled with older white guys, yeah. which is great. Um, but it would also be great to reflect young black musicians who created the, the style of music however many decades ago. So I kind of was just like, I would like to get these people together mm -hmm. into a band and play big band music. Yeah. And that, that's what my mission became um, towards the end of 2018. And so because it was in the latter part of 2018 and I mm -hmm. love Christmas music and Christmas is like the only time that people listen to big band music, <laughs> I was like, why don't we do a Christmas show? So yeah. it was uh, it was 2021 black and brown young men and women on a stage playing mm -hmm. big band music, which I just, I bet you could count on one hand how often that happens yeah. in America um, and maybe even the world. I'm not sure. But um, at my mission at first was like, we should be represented in this music. And then it also turned into like, oh, what about the people down there in those chairs? Like, mm. they don't know anything about this music. Mm. And most of them, if I asked them, would be like, I don't listen to this music and I don't want to listen mm. to this music. So then another part of the mission became like, how do I make jazz less intimidating or less boring? Um, and then a third part, I, maybe not in this order, but for me it was like, um, especially Christmas, I'm a Christian and it was just like, how do I make church not so um what's the opposite of appealing disappealing unappealing 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 folks we're going with unappealing <laughs> how do i make church not seem so unappealing um and like foreign and and weird um so i so i just i i did want to gather people and i did want us to all like walk away being able to see each other and like remove some barriers and then that's just kind of been what the show means to me and what people in the audience have uh expressed to me after yeah. the show and i was just like this is really important yeah. um hard to gather people to do that when there's a global pandemic yes. but otherwise <laughs> we've been we've been going pretty strong specifically just with like once a year christmas yeah. shows the rest of the year i'm doing whatever other people tell me to do yeah. but yeah it it has meant a lot to do something that i think is important 
and other people like be down. Yeah. 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 Man, that that's, that's, uh, that's awesome. I mean, like, man, to, cause, uh, there, there's like people that listen to the podcast that, that aren't music oriented at all. Uh-huh. And like, uh, it, it's, uh, I don't know if other like fields have opportunities within their fields where they can just like organize a group of people to do stuff mm. just in general, like, like in the sense that like, does, you know, where it's like, it can be work, but then it also, it can just be like fulfilling for the sake of doing it. Wow. And, and in that sense, like, I think it's, it's just really cool that like, here you are. I mean, you're, you're, especially during the pandemic, bringing people together, doing this cool thing. And, especially in the context that like we have not been around each other. A lot of us have like not been gigging as much as possible and Mm -hmm. this and that. So like on top of the pandemic, I mean, I just hope, uh, I mean, so for people listening, if you can can, like uh, imagine like how hard it is for like the person in your family that like organizes everyone, like the cousins and shit Uh, to like come to the house and see like your thing. It's, it's uh, that's why like, I'm like, I commend you because like bringing, especially a big band, it's minimum 10 people, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's like, damn, like it, but especially now and like the energy that it takes to bring people together mm. to book the venue to do this. Uh, anyway, I just want to emphasize that, like how much work it is, like it takes to, to do that, you know? And um, mm. for it to, and to also make it fulfilling for everyone involved, Yeah, you know? So right. it's, uh, I mean, would you, it's like a two-part question. Yeah, sure. Um, did you do you like enjoy putting stuff together like that? And would you do it more often outside of the holiday season? Yes. And wait, no and yes, 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 and no. I can so so generally. Um, if you if you left me alone, I would just stay alone. Like for the most part. Um, the way that I like refuel is by being by myself. I love to hang and I will hang, you know, until, um, you know, like I disintegrate or something. But, but, (laughs) but the way that I refuel myself is when I'm by myself. So I don't generally like to organize Mm. hangs. Um, but what happens when you're like, I want to write this melody for the trumpet and then I want to harmonize it with these three other trumpets and then, mm-hmm. oh, it would be cool if the trombones play this other counter melody and you write all this stuff out and you're staring at your computer and you don't know what it sounds like because yeah. you're like, okay, well, I guess I got to get 18 people together and like hear what this sounds like. Yeah. And then, hey, that sounded kind of good. Like maybe I could get slightly more than 18 people to come and listen because it this was a lot of fun to do together. So like I I don't really like putting stuff together, but it's worth it to do the mm-hmm. big band thing. And then it just like you said it takes a lot of energy to get like even to get 18 people to meet at the same time is mm. difficult. Like not even to play all the same notes at yeah. the same time and enough <laughs> notes to be like an hour and a half long concert. Yeah and then get hopefully more than 18 people to show yeah. up to listen like yeah. that that takes a lot and I don't enjoy doing it so yeah. I do want to do it more often than just christmas shameless plug we are doing a black history month show in february oh, nice. yeah. um on the 20th so that will be one of our only non holiday shows we did a um 
we did a, a Dr. King Day show in 2020, I think, right mm. before the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I do. I do want to do non-Christmas music for the same reasons that I that I just want to do the mm. show in general. And what it's turned into, um, speaking of like, is it fulfilling for the band? Is like, I have been a part of projects where it's like all about the artist mm. and their vision, which is totally cool. Like, I, I don't blame them for that. Like, that's yeah. that's they're trying to do a thing, and I am there to provide the service of low notes. <laughs> but I've also been a part of projects where they like bring me into their world and they yeah. care about my opinion. And now I'm creatively involved and therefore like a whatever right. more emotionally vested. So anyway, it 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 does mean a lot to me um, to have everyone in the band be friends already, like and play together all the time separately from the band. And then also have like a little bit of musical input. Like some stuff, if the saxes are gonna play, it's like, okay, you don't have much say. Like everybody has to play those notes. But I do like when um, you phrase it differently, or p- sometimes people are like, should we play these backgrounds every time? And I'm like, you feel it out. Like, whatever you think is mm. cool. And then also we have gotten into like a little bit of improv comedy too, where I'm like, I'm giving a bit to the trombone player. And like at the last show we did, um, the the bass trombone player sued me for playing Christmas music. It was it was just like there's like a, a little scene. Like that so that stuff I really want to lean into because everyone in the band, I mean, I can't pay much mm. and it sucks to like give a lot of your time and not get something mm. in return. So I really am trying to make it something where everyone feels like we we had a good time at least. Yeah. 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 Man, again, that, that's that's awesome, man. I'm I'm uh I hate that I didn't uh oh there's gonna be know, more yeah there's know about more. it like soon enough to be yeah, yeah, in town course. for. But um, man, that's cool. And then I'm looking for I will de- February twentieth. Yeah, that that's a, right. It's a weekend? Sunday. Yeah, cool. Sunday cool. evening. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Is that uh, around here? It's a, it's at the Mint. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm like Pico and Fairfax ish. Wow. Okay. Yeah, That's Sunday hard. night, it's like 8 p.m., just a random Sunday night in yeah. February. I am trying to figure out how to white, um, like, keep the reverence of Black History Month and, mm. like, why is this important mm. for everybody? And then also, we're a bunch of goofballs, and, like, I probably will get that in the mix a little bit, too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Dude, that's cool, man. Um, dude, going back to uh, uh, something you said earlier had me thinking. Um you, I mean, you kind of like commented on it in a, in like a, in a funny way, but like in the sense that you went to school for, um, uh, jazz uh-huh. and I'm assuming on bass. Yeah, that's right. right. Upright yeah, bass. On right. upright bass. And then like you find some success in something that you didn't necessarily train for, mm-hmm. uh, sousaphone and this and that. And I'm, I'm realizing like, uh, a lot of people that like find success, in all sorts of fields and you know like there's always there always seems to be this like part in their path where they're doing something they did not necessarily sign up for you sure but like the, it, it it but you just then find a way to like make it work yeah in, in your life so like i'm curious like what was that what was like so why did you feel like 
it was still like a, a good thing for you or a good idea, even though it wasn't something you like trained for. Yeah, that's man. <laughs> I'll be asking that question for a few more decades, <laughs> but uh, I basically think it's because nobody knows anything and that's okay. Mm. And so when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, going to jazz school and stopped playing baritone saxophone yeah. because I was like, I have to be serious about upright bass. And really, I stopped playing classical bass because I was like, I have to be serious about jazz bass. Um, I, the things that I wanted or the things that I knew I was going to do or my five-year plan or whatever were made up. They were based on what an 18-year-old was experiencing in like one really specific part of his life. Mm. Um, so then I, I also, some part of me was like, Corbin, don't forget that you wanted to learn sousaphone and play in a <laughs> New Orleans brass band. And so I was like, oh, I forgot that I want to play sousaphone and play in a New Orleans brass band. And so I also marched sousaphone in college in the marching band and kind of led like a secret double life because in the music school, I was very serious. I was like, mm. this is what I'm here for. But then also... I wanted to learn how to play sousaphone, and I made friends in the marching band. Yeah. Um, and when I graduated, I had like $1,500, and I was like, I can either put down like the deposit for this apartment that I'm going to get with my friends, or I can buy a sousaphone. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought a sousaphone. Um, kids, don't try this at home. <laughs> I I I was just like this is fulfilling to me mm. and I had been denying that for 4 years and then same thing with the baritone saxophone I was like should I sell this thing and I was like you know what I have to like rework a lot of technical things back mm. up but when I play one sound out of this instrument mm. it is fulfilling to me so really I just bought a sousaphone because I I had fun doing it and I just and I and there's also probably something scientific about like the learning curve when you're starting on something mm -hmm. is a lot steeper than when you've yeah. been doing something for a long time. So it is probably like just inherently exciting to do a new thing. Yeah. Um, but so I basically just did it for fun and it led to other things. And I, I just made a choice where I was like, um, and, and I really would have said no, I guess for the people listening or whatever, this was like the big pop gig that I was talking about. And it was to do Coachella um, with Beyonce and then do what turned out to be like an album and a tour and a, and a festival. Um, a lot of traveling and work with Beyonce and Jay-Z. And I was playing sousaphone. And so part of me was like, I'll get money, um, which is a whole other topic. And then another part of me was like, I'll get to play the sousaphone more. Like I do want to keep working on this instrument and be serious about this instrument. But another part of me was like, I literally just got married. Um, at the time that I committed, I wasn't married. No, that's not true. I had been married for six months. Sorry, the timeline. Uh, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> um, 
And so another part of me was like, if this is not good for my family, I'm out. Mm. Like this doesn't, it, it's not worth yeah. it to me. And I've seen plenty of people in LA and, and movies where they like chase the thing that they always wanted and mm. then they're sad at the end. So yeah. it's not, for me, it's not that, and, and it's even funny to think about like, was that a marker of success? It was a marker of a lot of money. It was a marker of like a lot of hard and... um whatever like just learning experiences and cool um getting really cool experiences too but i felt more successful at the last big band show with like 78 people in attendance mm. um so it it's just hard to juggle always the pros and the cons and i think it's hard because at that time, I said, I'm going to move to New York and be a famous bass player. And then I wasn't doing that. And that was a made-up goal. Like, I had to make up something to aim for, which yeah. is not bad. But I think holding on to it too tightly might be yeah. toxic. Wow. That, that's interesting, man. I, you know, I, that's... So coming from Baltimore, mm -hmm. I always... Um, I mean, I knew that I would have to create this pros and cons list with what I thought to be true in the sense that, like, well, like, okay, because, okay... Let me back up. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> the, the, the pros and cons list was going to be for, because uh, I just knew I wanted to go to either New York or mm -hmm. LA. And I was like, well, this list is going to be full of shit that I think I know that's like coming from movies and from yes. like so-and-so wow. friend that I haven't spoken to in years that lives in one of these cities. And like, you know, depending on if they found success or because like, you know, uh, m m most people people do not know how to give advice, mm. uh, like non-biased advice. So it's yeah, like, yeah. I was like, man, you know what? Just go with like, you know, your gut. And luckily, I mean, I, I was just so tired of um, the East Coast vibe as a whole. Mm. And even though like I knew more people out there, yeah, um, I'm pointing like I know what East <laughs> is. But, uh, <laughs> I think that is oh, East. That I think the ocean is that way. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So even though like, you know, I, I like, yeah, I, I thought I knew more people or in this and that. I was like, man, I don't know what it is about L.A. Um, so I'm curious, like with. Uh, well, I mean, I know obviously you were born here in Northern California uh, and went to Denver. But what why did you originally think like was mm. it just the scene? Was it just about the scene in New York or was it also like New York City and all that? No, man, I think it was the same reasons that you just said. It was like. I'm playing jazz. That's where all the serious jazz is happening. Mm. And even now, I love the L.A. jazz scene, but mm. it's nothing like the New York right. jazz scene. And I don't want to... I don't say this in a pessimistic way. I don't think it ever will be. And that's okay. Like mm. this, We have got a beautiful thing going on over here. Mm. Lo-fi, hip-hop, jazz. That's our vibe. Yeah. No, there's, there's really some great um, straight-ahead stuff here, too. But... But I think it was just like stigma and things that people told me. And um, I did get to travel out there a little bit um, and like see what was going on. And it was just a lot of what I thought that I wanted to do. Um, maybe it was even like I heard stories that, of what my teachers did when they were my age or whatever, like jazz icons did when I, they were my age. And I was like, that's what I want to go and do. Um, when really now, I think I'm doing what I did like in high school, just like on a slightly more grown up level. It's just mm -hmm. like there's all these multifaceted aspects of me that I really get to exercise here. Um, 
that I think I would have had more trouble doing in in New York. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. I think it's the same reason that you said it's like made up, and then you take a guess. Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's refreshing to just hear another person say that because I, I always felt like um, New York New York kind of has like an old guard field sure. feel to it not necessarily like I, I would have to specifically experience gatekeeping mm-hmm. to say gatekeeping but the the feel about it like LA seems to be a slightly more curious city. When it comes to like the uh, new ideas, sure. and like oh, you know, I'm thinking of doing this or that, and um, I mean, but that it's not just New York. I think it's all East Coast has a very strong, they have very strong ties to institutions mm. and the reputation that comes with those uh, things, and it's wow. like. Man, like, what? Well, would it be easier for me to convince someone that I know what I'm talking about if I attended Juilliard in New York? Sure, you know, like, yeah. I I feel when I'm on the West Coast, I feel that I feel like um, your education and your experience are not quite as aligned uh-huh. with like if people think like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, and and yeah. and, and, and in the sense that like. You, if you can show that you're hardworking and like show that you have some like detailed thing, not re- I, I haven't yeah. run into the like, well, I mean, what's your alma matter? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't get that vibe out <laughs> That's here, so but wild. It, it's it's I feel that on the east coast in terms mm. of its its relationships with these um old ass institutions where it's mm-hmm. like, well, if you're not a part of one of those, how can I, yeah, how can I know you? that you? <laughs> So yeah. I, do, do, have you felt that? I man, I have such limited experience. The longest that I've spent in one stretch, I think, was in New York City, and it was like three weeks or mm. something like that. But but for, from traveling, from my limited experience, that is what I observe, mm. and it's and you know it's it's almost like a caricature or a stereotype, but it seems like there's some some truth to it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, again, I, I, that that's what I felt in. Um, I uh to anyone listening from New York that's like fuck you. Yeah. Like, I I am I acknowledged that I do not really really I can't really say, but it's just I I would I mean I will say that that is definitely a vibe across the East Coast. Like mm. I won't like pin New York sure. for it specifically. Yeah, that's your personal experience. Oh yeah, that like like oh my god, man. I mean I mean, this is also racism, but Baltimore, yeah, yeah. if you're black and you're just a young black guy and you go places and you're like, I'm just me versus like saying like, I'm a young black guy and I attend Johns Hopkins University, mm. like the people, they feel so much safer around you and wow. so much more like, oh, well, I guess you do like kind of belong here. Like there's a, there's a, Oof. there's a legitimacy that like education background brings in my experience on the uh-huh. east coast that like not a single fuck i, I don't think i've been asked <laughs> out here like did you go to college yeah I'm like, yeah no, a fuck. Right, that, wow, no, that's yeah. not it's not that people don't value education but it's like it's not what i don't think in my experiences i don't think that's what anyone's i don't think that's high on the priority list yeah. in terms of like well i mean are you doing your thing are you cool mm-hmm. that seems to be high higher on the list down yeah. here rather than like these um 
inanimate qualifications. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but and that's the guard. That's yeah, the, the yeah. East Coast thing. Yeah, it, it's in in that the guard might not necessarily be the people and the individuals themselves deliberately, but more so that the culture mm-hmm. is to use these like institutions to verify your legitimacy and reputation and yeah so it's like you don't even realize that like you are gatekeeping you know in a way in that way so um yeah names are powerful their reputation is powerful so yeah yeah it's interesting my uh brother and sister went to princeton and harvard respectively Mm -hmm. and i went to usc which Mm -hmm. is an amazing school but like in that conversation, yeah. it seems like I didn't go to as <laughs> yeah. good of a school. You know, it's such, it's such a wild yeah. vibe. But in SoCal, people are like, oh, my gosh, you went to USC. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just in the jazz scene, I'm like, oh, wow, like the SC cats, like they have a real specific strong mm-hmm. vibe, like what we learned and what we do. Everyone is different, but it's all of our difference is a different circle than like the Cal Arts mm-hmm. jazz guys. Um so yeah, it, it's like an amazing school and there's a strong name and reputation attached to it. But like specifically the Ivy League, which is just like all East Coast, it's just like that's a whole other game. Yeah. This is a different vibe. It's so funny. Man, it's it's uh it's it's I mean, well, think about the uh pandemic, uh, you know, what it showed in terms of just like what are the the actual skills that you need mm, to ensure your survival uh-huh. and this or that? I mean, oof, no one gives a fuck <laughs> ah, about your resume post pandemic. It's like, dude, what can you actually provide? Yeah. What what are you like bringing to the table that's unique? And I would say that um, I tried my best to reverse the natural progression of selfishness that I think happened for me and probably a lot of people during the pandemic Mm -hmm. where you start to get very concerned about yourself and your opportunities. And I tried to like go the opposite direction. And lately I've just been like, man, like what can I create and involve other yeah, people with give. Be, wow. like the, that. Like I was like, man, in order for me to get out of this like funk where like, like you, for me, I can kind of feel when like the caveman in me that thinks like <laughs> we are running out of food and water and shelter. I can like feel when I like, I like really, but like, you know, yeah. I, yeah and you tap and, into that guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally. And so like, I, I recognize it. And when I do, I just try to get into a different, um, where it's still kind of selfish in the sense like, well, here's what I want, but how can I go about it in a way where I am also benefiting others? Mm-hmm. So it's not like some like pure fucking like I'm sure, all sure. of a sudden becoming some charitable person, but it's like, damn, well, sometimes the easiest way to make sure that you eat is if you can figure out how everyone else can. Oh, wow, dude. That's, you know, amazing. yeah. and anyway, so the, the, the if there's, Actually, I mean, fuck, let, let's talk about it. I mean, in terms of the pandemic, like, yeah. what was your, um, especially as a touring musician and yeah, gigging musician, like, mm-hmm. what, what, where, what was, like, what was the cycle of your mind throughout yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, um, there's another thing, 
Sorry, brain calculating. Oh, yes. Okay, so when... Sorry, everybody. I said yes, okay, so when... And now I'm about to take you further back than than the question requires. So when I was um, getting engaged, my wife's family, they're not black. They were just going through hard times. Um, the parents split up, and so people were kind of not down with us getting married at that time. And my wife was like, oh, this is the end. And I kind of was like, we're going to figure it out. Like, yeah. I know that we're going to figure it out in that moment. Retrospectively, I was like, oh, my gosh, that was crazy. Like, yeah. what happened? And so similarly in the pandemic, in the moment, I was like, we're good. Yeah. We're going to figure it out. Um, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want it to seem like a... Like I was blind to all the the real things going on, <clears throat> but I mean, I had one part is like I had a really strong conviction about how the arts are essential workers. Mm. I was like, mm. oh yeah, wow. we're not essential. You sit in your, you know, like your square room yeah. for two years and don't listen to any music yeah. and don't watch any movies. Jesus. Have a good time. Yeah. Don't hum any songs to yourself. Yeah. I knew that we were essential and. I so I didn't have any like issues specific to like my identity and mm. like my job and like what am I going to do. I did have a couple moments um like later in the pandemic where I could kind of res retrospectively be like that was crazy or honestly we're not out of it like this is crazy and mm. I told my mom I was like I can't believe I had a kid and a wife and I'm a musician. Mm -hmm. And she's like, hey, no, I'm an attorney. And there are attorneys who are going out of business. Mm -hmm. Like it has nothing to do with. And so I was, that again, like just a couple, there, that was a moment that I had like a, a checkup. But I feel like in general, when it's like time to get stuff done, mm -hmm. not because I'm like some like manly man <laughs> or like great inventor or something, but I think just like my stubborn caveman guy is like, all right, we got to take another mm -hmm. step. Like, mm -hmm. sure, you need to get on my back. Let we got to take one mm -hmm. more step. Like, that's just the caveman part of me, yeah. I think. But there was a lot of that um, where people around me were kind of like, "What are we gonna do?" And it's yeah. like, actually, we were cool today. Yeah. Let's just do what we did today tomorrow. Yeah, that was a lot of my feeling. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, and and you know, uh, respect for that in terms of noticing in terms of where that that's coming from because i think uh um yeah i mean if anything it's coming from a place of fear where mm. like um uh and rightfully so where yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. i gotta move my ass if not <laughs> yeah we're fucking done things gonna hit me you know like <laughs> right, i gotta right, so right. like like yeah no totally the the opposite of like uh like the movies will mm. show like you know the rock or jason statham <laughs> Like doing something out of like pure honor and code and yeah, shit. And it's right. like actually, I have to get up because like I've got shit to do. Yeah. I've got fucking bills to pay. And because like, of the alternatives, yeah, yeah, right. You know? So, um, wow, yeah. But shout out to anyone that like does stuff out of like I'm. Tr I I I actually lately that's what I've been working on as a person is trying to do things with the mindset of thriving mm. and not because like I have to survive or I have to get it done, but like trying to like build some sort of like, um, 
like uh, like principles surrounding the stuff that I do and where it's like, well, not only does it need to get done, but it needs to be done this way. Mm. Like it has to, you wow. know, like well, what's the integrity of this and this and that? Because like I like I'm I'm so especially as a musician, not coming from money or yeah. anything. I think like you realize that so much of your mind and how it thinks if you're not careful if you don't realize that it's been shaped by survival yeah you you're gonna get stuck yeah yeah totally to like get to that next level of like well damn like how do i like build something Mm. build something of my own and be creative uh but like and 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 creative without limitations, like like ah. the limitations that you know that you have, whether it's due to money or time or this, but then like somehow, because you realize that like, well, to create that thing that's on the next level, you can't limit yourself with what you currently have. Mm. But of course, like, I mean, it's going to be tough to get there. So anyway, that, that's, yeah. that's what's been on my mind in terms of like that next, especially as a young musician, it's like, yeah. man, like... I got to there's certain things about an artist where you realize that you have to address how you are living and thinking fundamentally mm-hmm. to go up the next level in that specific thing that you want to yeah, go up in. Totally. You know? I think a microcosm of that <laughs> was today I was like doing a session with a friend and we were writing a song and uh there was a chord D minor. So if you don't know music, you'll get this really quick. D, F, and A are the notes in D minor. And he wanted to play an E flat in the melody. Mm. So just compare all of those notes. D, F, A is not E flat. So just like real quick theory lesson, E flat doesn't belong in that chord. But it was so intentional um, that even the wrong note like had a place. And we did end up mm. using that note in the melody. And I just feel like it's important f- for me to recognize what my D minor is and like, like what is it made of? It's made of these notes. Mm. Why can't it have an E flat? Like just recognizing mm. all my feelings surrounding D minor in order for something that might be the wrong note to, oh. to find a place. And I've been reading this really cool book that was talking in one chapter about uncertainty. And it's like, you should be aware of how you respond to uncertainty. Mm. And you reminded me of that where it's like, some people run, some people cry, some people whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, the way that Corbin responds to uncertainty is just like, buckle down and hold on tight. And it's like, I need yeah. to be aware of that if I am going to have any chance of letting E flat exist yeah. in my D minor yeah. chord. Wow. Wow. That's a fucking fantastic musical <laughs> analogy. Sorry, non-music no, that, people. That, it, I mean, you're the, I mean, non-musicians like D F a natural and then like an E flat. So like D F a would be like, it's like one of these things are not like the others. So yeah. Like, DFA would be like apple, pear, orange, and then E flat being like gasoline. It's like <laughs> the, the equivalent of like drinking gasoline with, it's just, yeah, it's like, man, I'm that crying. should not be here. It's, it's that equivalent. But then like somehow you find use 
in a recipe that has to do with gasoline, sure. apples, pears, and Seriously. oranges. And, and if I am so hung up on my apples and oranges have to be together yeah. thing, because I'm not yeah. aware of like wherever that's coming from, yeah. I'll never get to that cool recipe. Yeah. 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 Boom. Yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I'm no, in the process. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine, man. But... Yeah, no, man, I'm I'm always uh I mean the part of why I started this thing, I, I love it it's for me, it is the greatest excuse to sit down with people that, you know, I see as successful and like you know, a lot of times like uh talk about someone and like it'll remind me of things that I know, which by the way, I am slowly learning through this that like there is, we're constantly looking for like new things mm. to help like inform us like on like what we should be doing or how we should be living. Mm. And then there's just so much that I have to remember. It's like, oh, wow. I have learned that lesson. <laughs> I just need to like fucking reach out. Like someone told yeah. me this or like, wow. you know, it, it's, uh, it's. You know, for athletes or for musicians where it's like you've had lessons or a coach mm -hmm. and then like something that like coach said like 10 years later now hits now you in a way it, it's like, yeah. oh, fuck, like, damn, I knew that, but just not, I just yeah. couldn't like pull it out from yeah. the toolbox, but it was just back there somewhere. Yeah. And wow. um, no, so anyway, I mean, in, in terms of like a lot of what you're saying is is making me think of, of stuff that, um, you know, not just like the pandemic or any of this stuff, mm -hmm. but more so like. Um, you know, it's been a, a minute since I, I've thought of like really the journey of, um, being, uh, a young artist, but like the mental journey outside of the music itself in the sense, like, what does that pursuit like really do to the mind mm -hmm. and like how important it is to be consciously aware of like the person you're becoming as you're like striving for this specific thing. And I don't know, I don't know if like mm. non musicians can relate to being obsessed with like a singular goal, mm. but it, it like we mentioned earlier, it's just uh it can be a rewarding path or a dangerous path. Totally. If like you allow it to shape like all of like your virtues or your principles yeah. or like if your moral compass becomes whatever it takes to succeed in that thing. But like you, like, you know, it, I mean, it, anyway, I just, it, it's just that that's, it's something I, I've thought about before, but it's yeah. been a while. Um, mm, wow. Yeah. 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 It, it really is. I don't know, probably in other cities, but in New York, I mean, wherever we are, where are we right now? In LA, <laughs> I mean, especially like just Hollywood's influence on LA, yeah. it everything is so shiny. Yeah. It's so easy to look at a shiny thing and want it and let that shape your morals mm -hmm. like you're talking about. And it's just like, we've seen that movie before. Yeah. Like they chase the thing and then it's bad in the end. It's, it's like really like that can be a goal or like a general direction mm. but we just don't know enough and we can't and that's okay yeah. like don't i'm trying not to be afraid of not knowing yeah. things um and 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 like being good with the things that i do have in my hand it's mm. like 
I want to, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of a, an example of a goal of mine right now. It's like, whatever, <laughs> I want to buy a house or yeah. something, right? And I want it to be in this neighborhood. I want that for like made up reasons. Mm -hmm. And they might be like, that's okay to have made up reasons. Mm -hmm. But I have to know that they're based on things that don't exist mm -hmm. or like might not be true. And so what I do know right now is that I, I enjoy playing uh the bass with friends and I enjoy playing sousaphone outside and like I have to also keep those things in orbit yeah. even if I'm heading towards the house yeah. in that neighborhood direction yeah man yeah it, it's it's um it's a it's a journey and it, yeah. it's it's one that uh I'm, I'm like glad some of the stuff that's popping up in my head because it'll it's it'll be relevant um, forever in terms mm. of like, you know, I think like the core of what we're saying is, you know, you don't just do something, but the uncomfortable conversation of asking yourself like why yeah. you're doing what you're doing and not in the sense like there's a difference between like, um, overthinking and, mm. uh, over questioning yourself and like, you know, not sticking with something versus like more so just, um, yeah. giving your actions some thought yeah. as you're like doing them. Yeah, you know yeah, just I mean? in awareness of intention or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 But, you know, anyway, I mean, wow. I, I I say that just because for as as a young artist, um especially the the uncertainty that is the path of trying to become a um a, a stable musician um Man, there's this there is this weird balance of having the conviction that you know you can do it and that you know the things that when it comes to the things that you really know that you yeah. know, you know what you're talking about, but also that blend with realizing that like you don't really know much. Yeah. And like that's okay. <laughs> yeah, like you know that's it's okay, it's right. It's weird because like like um I guess I like I'm 24. So mm. so much of life is if there was like a chart that showed here's all the information that you know, here's like 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 one category is like what I know and one category is what has been applied. Uh, like that, what you know is so much more than what has mm, actually been applied. Yeah. So like, as you get older, like more of the stuff on the what you know, know. moves to the applied yeah. section. So it's like, like I, I like think about that. I'm like, damn. Like you know what? Like I think I'm supposed to know all this stuff so that I can know when to apply it uh -huh. on the journey. But like, so like that. It's it's. So, you know, that that's why I've thought of as an artist. I'll like try to go back and be like, well, here's this like roadblock that I'm facing. And I try to like remember things that like my teachers or mentors mm -hmm. have told me um, that like, because a lot of times I've had like mind blowing moments from stuff people told me 10 years ago. But anyway, to, to conclude this, because yeah. right, I'm curious with you, mm. um, was there a moment... Um, like whether in college mm -hmm. or in your, your early, earlier in career where you had a, like a fundamental, kind of like an aha moment in terms of like awareness of like you and what it's going to take to get to where you want to be. Hmm. An aha moment. Uh, 
I think I've had aha moments that, you know, like in my fantasy, I would hope build to like one day, like having a true aha moment. Mm. These are like ee moments or something. (laughs) But it's actually really (laughs) right. I so so like (laughs) I graduated from college. Um, not like my dreams were shattered, but it was like I got to a point maybe a year or so, maybe later that year, where I was like, I'm not um I'm not like the fastest bass player. I'm not like the you know most amazing improviser. Um, and those those could be yet. Maybe that, that yet is attached mm-hmm. to that. But I also at the same time was like, maybe that's not that interesting to me, or maybe yeah. that's not that important to me. Um, and so my aha moment would be, for example, playing in a hotel lobby with a really swinging drummer homie and a saxophonist. Actually, this specific example that I'm drawing from was in an outdoor courtyard, like picnic type of gig. It was a saxophonist, an awesome drummer homie, and um, playing like kind of the harmonic chair, meaning mm. there's no piano player, and then also the bass player chair at the same time in this saxophone pianoist triet. So there's a saxophone, bass player, and a drummer was like, I'm not I don't have to be the one who's getting all the shine but I actually really like this. So now my priorities switch. And that to me was mm-hmm. like an ehe moment. Mm-hmm. Um and I've had those kind of moments like in general in my career like that one where it's like, "Oh, okay, maybe I I um I enjoy I was going to say I'm a pocket player, but that doesn't mean something to lots of people. So it it just it just means that I enjoy like the um the groove more than like really shreddy, solo-y, um, shiny bass skills. I enjoy playing the groove. Mm-hmm. And that to me has informed a lot of my career. And then I've also had ee moments like with specific instruments, whereas like I'm not going to sell my Barry sax. I really yeah. enjoy playing it. And I've been playing in a horn section for a really cool artist called Lucky Day. Yeah. Um, and that was an ee moment. Like when we were on the NPR Tiny Desk concert, yeah. I was like, oh, I really like doing this. Yeah. I'm just playing parts and I got to write the horn arrangements. I I enjoy doing this. So I wow. I don't know what the aha aha moment is yet. I think that I would like to have yeah. one one day, yeah. but I definitely have had steps along yeah. the way where I'm like, "Oh, I did like doing this." Mm. Honestly, I was just in line with my kid the other day and there's a, a presumably single childless guy in front of us with airpods in minding his own business Mm. and we're you know six feet behind him like running around in like a little three foot radius circle like entertaining ourselves but like we're waiting in line and i saw him and i was like wow that guy doesn't have as many responsibilities as i have Mm. but this was the first time in a long i guess ever where i didn't envy him i wasn't like Mm. i wish i had no kid i wish i was single like but I also wasn't on the other side of the spectrum. Like, he's missing out on yeah. fatherhood. It was just like I recognized where he was and I recognized yeah. where I was and I was good. Yeah. That was an ee moment, too. Yeah. But I don't, what is an aha moment? I, yeah. I, so if, if you know, let me know where I can buy one. Yeah. Well, you know, in the, that, that's a, that is a, a good question in terms of like, um, 
Because, yeah, I don't think there's a singular, sure. like a singular moment where, like, everything clicks and everything <laughs> makes sense. And, oh, man, but, I really want one. <laughs> you know, I think, I think more so it's, it's probably a bunch of moments mm. in where you, like, maybe the, the better way to either ask it or think about it is, like, um, maybe uh, moments along the path yeah. where you're like, you know what? This is like where I should be. Yeah, I'm going the right yeah. direction. Yeah. Wow, totally. Yeah. I love that. You know, or we could coin e he. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I think I think that's really it. It's yeah. like, whoa, I'm going the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, I, you you referred to it a, a little bit um, before, but in terms of like for you to um, maybe personally even like mm. a little bit of like was there any like validation for your ego at all when like uh you i guess were like okay i'm gonna tour with beyonce and jay-z uh-huh. yeah like like what was that for you like personally boy that one was so strange that that specific <laughs> example yeah. for me specifically was so strange because i was with some of the best young brass players in the country, maybe in the world. And I am like such a hack, like as a brass musician, like I want to be good. I like get the pedagogy and I'm trying, um, you, but I'm also in my lane, which is not the same lane as them. So that was a, that one specifically was like, I thought I was just going to play like funky bass lines, yeah. but, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of work involved. So I don't know. You know, as a as a musician, like you're not playing your primary instrument and you're like way worse than everybody on your secondary instrument um and it's like a high stakes really shiny gig like mm -hmm. no ego was being, was being stroked there. And you know like we got approached by mouthpiece companies and we got approached by instrument companies. Oh, it's so cool. Like one of my homies from that gig is a Yamaha performing artist yeah. now. You know, that in addition to his amazing resume. But I was kind of like, yeah, like I I can't play, you know, like anywhere past Arbon page three. Like, I don't think you really want me to represent your company. You know yeah, what I mean? So, oh my God. I, um, and the things that I was interested in on the tuba were like, how do I, in a big band, function as the fourth bone and take bebop solos? Or how do I, in a New Orleans brass band, you know, make it so that people didn't even know there was no bass player? And those weren't the skills that were being asked of me on that gig. So it was just like... Yeah, it was that. That was a tough one for me personally yeah. to walk around the Nam convention and yeah. be like, I played with Beyonce, and uh, I have like no evidence of that, yeah. other than like telling you or you watching the yeah. Netflix specials. So. Oh, that's hilarious! But dude, you you know what, man? Like, you know, not not that I I can supply any validation, but I mean, you're 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 within ten minutes of speaking to you, I. Can, I could already understand why you have found any of the success that you have mm, in terms well, of just like you. how you carry yourself. And like that being said, I mean, like uh, there is something to be said about applying yourself in the sense that like, um, I mean, I might even have five times the amount of 
uh, practice hours oh, sure. uh, on the tuba than, than you have. But in terms of like the deliberate application mm. to put yourself in position for an opportunity sure. and do it. And then not, also, not only that, but then like in the business of being hired, having in that person's eyes, having what they believe uh, they need right that's like no small feat sure you know, in the sense that like even if you know that like on a pure level in terms of just like pure skill and this and that yeah but it, it's still like um it's like um uh to to conclude i guess my point is like what what why what separated me from mm -hmm. winning the presidential election in 2020 more than like Biden? Like, like what's the, wow. what's the biggest reason why I did not win the election? <laughs> wow. I didn't run. Yeah. I didn't run. That's wild. You know, that's like wild. that's the biggest reason why I didn't win yeah. the election. So it's like, you have to run yeah. in order for your, your, your hat, you know, name to be in the hat. And like, wow. you just, I can, you just seem like someone that like, um, you know, rise to the occasion and you just, hey, you put yourself in a position to, to get an awesome opportunity. You fucking wow. got it, man. Man, I, I, I do appreciate that. And like, you know, probably anyone who knows a musician knows, or at least a type of musician. It's so hard to toot my own horn. Not literally, but, <laughs> but just like, okay, wow, if I actually reflect on it, like, homies who are in her band recommended me for a reason mm -hmm. and the guy looked at my Instagram and thought that that was a good yep. choice and then called me and they called other people too because we ended up doing like a um like a mini marching band thing and those people didn't get called back mm -hmm. um yeah so there there really is something to I know you've probably heard a, a million older people say it, but there really is something to just like being cool mm -hmm. and doing the job, mm -hmm. and and that's it. Like yeah. that's that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. Try to like have a um, find whatever your why is, so that you can like have a purpose and mm -hmm. have a good attitude about it, and then just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man, it, it's it's it can't be said enough, and and. Um, no matter what field, I mean, I know we're, we're talking about music a lot yeah. here for people listening, but I mean, the, the long story short is that there is nothing can replace being a good addition to your community mm. as a person, just Dang like dude. as a fucking vibe. Yeah. Like you can be the, you know, well, of course, there's always space for the people that are the very, 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 very best. And mm -hmm. they can get away with being this and being that, you know. For but, a while. Yeah, for exactly. Yeah. For a while. Um, you know, because then, like, if they're in a situation where they might need people's backs, uh -huh. they will not have them. Yeah. Um, wow. And, but, you know, for the rest of us mere mortals, <laughs> non-Michael Jordans of our craft, yeah. you know, we have to... Uh, it, but it, it shouldn't feel like something oh, you, know, you have to because I'm not this mm -hmm. I mean the, the, the if anything it's more so that like um, uh, along the actually my, my sister actually I was on the phone with my sister earlier today and she was like you know I'm doing this like interview and like it's weird because they actually like the last round of the interviews like you talk to the whole team and I'm nervous I'm just like dude I was like uh, and, and I was like man you're you're over complicating uh. this like you like people like when the new kid 
acknowledges that they're the new kid Mm -hmm. and doesn't go into somewhere being like, well, this is what I think you guys should do. And this is what my thing that I was doing was doing. So like, we should do this instead. Like, like acknowledge you're the new kid, give off a vibe that like you want to be a part of the community and that you're willing to learn and you're going to be fucking fine. Yeah, totally. Like, like, you know, and so, so much of that is not, not even just being an artist, Mm. like so much of being like a, like, um, I think of it as like, if you walked into a room full of people and everyone was standing in a circle and they were like passing around like a ball and there was like uh-huh. a rhythm to it, like how easily can you just jump into that circle and like not fuck up the rotation? Yeah. You right. Know? It maybe even add, add something positive to the rotation, wow. you know, like, yeah. and, and that that's that's the type of thing where it's like okay not only am i thinking about the skill set that i need to perform this thing yeah. but like when i step into this room with these people like i want them to feel like oh like we are now stronger we are now better yeah. you know yeah. what i mean not just <clears throat> i mean it's a skill to be like oh we didn't even notice mm-hmm. because you were a perfect fit but then really like mm-hmm. was it additive like did mm-hmm. you make it stronger i mm-hmm. love that that's, yeah, that's but that cool. that's that I say all that because that the energy that I get from you, you're you're one of the, I've literally known you for what an hour. I know, and dude. I was like, oh, we're best friends. Yeah. got it, got it. <laughs> but the energy I get from you is someone's like, like you're one of those people. There's there's people I've met where it would be a red flag mm. unless like it was like some specific like uh, atrocious thing that like that person did. But it'd be like yeah. a red flag if like they were like. You know, like that Corbin guy, man, I don't like him. Like it would be like a red flag for that person. Be like, but he's so chill. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're right. like there's people where it's like, right. man, like uh, that's that. You ever met people that like are just so kind and chill, and then you hear someone say like, oh, I don't, I don't like that person, and you look at them, you're it's like, like, oh, you must be wrong. Yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> something wrong. But yeah, no, you you have that vibe where it's like you you walk into a room and. Uh, Whatever is going on, you're you're gonna add. Oh to man, you, you you so I mean you you really have that vibe. It doesn't surprise me that you've found success. Thank you, man. So I appreciate um, that. Anyway, on that note, like before we uh, uh, wrap it up, this is a song called Life, and we're out. Peace. Thank you.